Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Treyas. And let's talk esports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 37 of Amateur Hour. Today is a very exciting day. It is a very exciting week for us, not just in the world of sports, but on the podcast itself. We are happy to have another guest with us, my very own flesh and blood, my family, my brother, Sam, is joining us today. Sam has been a longtime follower of the podcast and a sports connoisseur himself. Sam, thank you for being here. Of course, the pleasure's all mine. So we are here to talk about a bunch of spicy topics that have been happening over the you know past couple of weeks, primarily one with the name of Ben Simmons. Now, before we get into that, as per tradition, we want to have our guests go over their weekly high, and we'll start with that, get those good vibes going. So Sam, what was something good that happened to you in the sports world that affected you or just your personal life this week? Yeah, so this week... This week has been a pretty good week. So over the summer, I started a job at Whole Foods and it was working pretty well, you know, 40 hours a week as you do. But, you know, those mm. hours can't really keep up as uh, the school school semester starts. Um, so I, I tried to get it, get stuff worked out with them, but they kept, you know, pushing for more and more hours. So I was, I was kind of overworked trying to find a balance between school and work. So I decided to uh, just leave leave Whole Foods. Uh, I do have another job as a tour guide for the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Uh, so I'm all, oh, nice. I'm all set there, but I think it's definitely a weekly high that, you know, I left. I'm able to focus solely on school now, uh, which is great. Uh, so that's a, a big burden off of me. So that's my weekly high. Yeah, it that's that's huge. As someone who was also a tour guide, um, UMass Amherst tour guides represent. They were that, that's just it's such a great job, and the reason why it's so great is because it's so flexible. You know, like you mm, can just yeah. work in with your class schedule. When you can go to work, you go to work, and when you have your class, you are able to go to class. So that's huge. So no more Jeff Bezos food. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so well, I just wanted to start off with a couple you know, quick questions about getting into sports because, well, I, I would, I think it's fair to say that, you know, I know you, um, and do neither you of us, yeah, ah, do, do you, do you know me? Do you, Max? I never really truly know someone. So <laughs> no, I guess I don't <laughs> get enlightened today, Max. I, you know, I think, all right, I'm done. Um, Shreyas, this is all you take the rest of the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> So we weren't always into sports. I mean, you were, Sam, I feel like you were pretty much into sports, but not like to the level that you are now. And I was an art kid, so mm -hmm. forget about mm -hmm. sports. But what made you transition into like just kind of like casually liking sports, you know, playing soccer a little bit, playing a little bit of baseball, doing a little track as you were growing up into really appreciating and enjoying sports as they are today? Like what was the change? Mm. Yeah. So growing up, I was a big soccer kid. Uh, I, I love soccer, love being a part of it, um, but I, I just played it. I never really watched it um, on TV or anything like that. I was mostly into football. That was really my sport. I mean, how could I not, you know, living in New England with Tom Brady, you know, 
you gotta you gotta be involved at some point um but i was i was a big football kid um but now i'm definitely really really big into basketball and you know before 2016 2017 season i never really honestly like even watched or even thought about basketball at all um right i believe it was like your freshman year or your sophomore year you you text it you texted me you're like yo celtics are on you know celtics are playing the Cavs. you know like what you know start watching it so i turn on the tv and immediately the first thing that i see is gordon hayward snapping his leg oh and that was (laughs) that was a harsh introduction to basketball for sure um but I just I continue to watch basketball from that point on. I, you know, I discovered, you know, kind of what I've been missing this whole time. Just like a great, a great sport. Uh, after that, keeping up with uh, the sport and eventually starting to play myself. And I think I've I've come a long way that way as a casual basketball player. But um, I think it's become a pretty big part of my identity just because, you know, I've been involved with playing and watching the Celtics. and basketball in general yeah it's crazy just from organized sports how much you can learn Uh, not even organized just just playing a sport like how much you can learn and how many skills you can pick up you know like probably the most basic one being like discipline you're like oh well i have this thing i want to get better at it so i have to put the work in and in order to put the work in i need to like discipline myself make time and just do it so yeah yeah that gordon hayward injury though that was uh brutal that's not a that's not a, that's not a great introduction <laughs> no <laughs> not, a, not at all not at all i remember i remember i was in the school dining hall when it happened and i swear you could hear a pin drop Ooh. because everyone was like did you just see that and then like everyone knew and everyone knew the Celtics season was like D- not it was like kind of toast yeah i was like man that is an <laughs> ominous start where were you when Gordon Hayward almost died? This <laughs> <laughs> was, was just not fun. I was like, and I also had drafted him in fantasy basketball that year. Uh, and so no. I literally watched my team on the first day. I was like, well, <laughs> there goes my season. <laughs> Unreal. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, we've seen, I, what, what was, I mean, after that, we haven't really seen too many like gruesome, knock on wood. Oh, we yeah. haven't, we've seen injuries. But we haven't seen any t- like Sean Livingston type, like, you know, Gordon Hayward type, like really like brutal, like dislocated, like bone punching through like grody injuries. Yeah, I would say the last one I could remember in basketball, at least, was Paul George. Mm. But that yeah. was that's the, been a while. And it's not like I, I want to see that, obviously, but that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's hopefully hopefully for the best that like no one since has really had like a devastating injury. Like I know Dak Prescott had an injury in football like that, like a compound fracture. Yeah, that was. Be- oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I say, feel I like that. Fo- football is definitely a different. That's it. Yeah, it's a different beast. Yeah, different beast, especially on the injury front, like especially people like with pain tolerance, too. Oh, my mm. gosh. Well, even just like what they do, they they'll shoot you up, and then you you get back oh. out. If you can move, you get back out on the oh. field. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! I I feel like that's kind of the reason why I started leaning away from football is just because you know you're watching a preseason game and you see these rookies getting taken out, and mm. like you know there's not a lot of guaranteed money in the NFL, and so when you see like this nope. rookie who's you know finally made a roster, 
yeah. you know, get injured. It's just kind of like disheartening to see. Uh, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and you got you know these guys. I think Trace, we touched on this in our last episode, is they put so much time and effort into their bodies and into their like physical ability and into their just game. They work for years, and then yeah, a preseason game, the wrong hit at the wrong time, and then yeah. they're, they're literally become like a vegetable. It's so sad. Yeah, especially I, I hate it when sometimes coaches put players in the bat in a bad position too, like when they don't need to be playing. Yep, and then you get hurt. <laughs> Like the dumbest coaches do that. And you're like, it's the fourth quarter. And like, let's get him 100 yards or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you're down 12. I I, I will say, I did feel like that the first uh, Celtics preseason game against, uh, who was it, the Magic? Hmm. Uh, Jason Tatum was in and he he wasn't playing that well. And I'm just like, if he's not playing well, bro, just take him out of the game. And I remember he shot a three and I forget who was guarding him, but he came the to leg underneath, out. right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Jason Tatum landed right on him. I'm like, he should not be playing right now. Yep. 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 He, yep. he was not. playing into the fourth quarter in these preseason games too. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like I get it. He's competitive, but like we got a season to play. Yeah. We, yeah. So we're going to talk about the Celtics quite a bit as you have three Celtics fans here, but before we do, one of the most <laughs> ridiculous, for lack of a better word, one of the most ridiculous things that has happened over the past couple of weeks, and it's been evolving. There's new stuff coming out each week, and this all started from last year's playoffs. But one of the most ridiculous topics that is happening is the drama surrounding Ben Simmons. So, Shrey, what the heck is going on with this? Well, it's been it's been at least a year in the making, Max and Sam this 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 ben simmons saga right you know people saga, have been down yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's seriously become a sto- a major storyline like how harden was a major storyline last year in that they ha- the sixers have not had the playoff success with their process team right with basically going through the draft and picking these high lottery picks and they got to a certain point, but they haven't been able to, since probably 2019, get back to that same level of success and mm. heighten it to the NBA Finals. And part of that storyline throughout the years has been, has will Ben Simmons get to a point where his game will, will match and exceed the year before? And will it, will it become like winning, like for a winning experience? Every year you see it, and Ben Simmons doesn't really change outside of the regular season. Like he's made a couple All Stars. Granted, the team success I feel has to do a lot with that. Like because overall, outside of being a great defensive player and a great passer, his offense always has left things to be desired. Yeah. Right. It's just he he's never been able to shoot. Well, that that is I mean, that right there. I just want to pause real quick because yeah. that is the biggest thing in a league where the three point shot has become the bread and butter for teams. I mean, just think about it conceptually. Right. Even if you're playing ones and twos on a casual pickup court, I'd, I'll just frame it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. You're playing a 15, playing a 16, whatever it is. You need to make seven shots from outside. You need to make 15 or 16 from inside. You need to literally double the amount of like drives and in mid-range shots and, and just takes to the basket inside versus half of it outside. Yeah, it might be a harder shot, but if you have somebody who can shoot, 
you just win games. And the same thing goes for the NBA. If you have shooters, you win. Yes. And specifically when it comes down to the amount of options that you have as a player, when you're only I wouldn't so when you're on defense and you're trying to guard Ben Simmons, you're not worried about anything past a drive and kick or the the layup or you know the little jump hook that he does so Mm. you're clogging the lanes and praying that you know one of his shooters doesn't get the ball and you know make the (laughs) shot for him right and that's what they tried to do for years they tried to give him shooters they gave him danny green they gave him jj reddick they got they get yeah shake milton they got butler they got, you know, and Bede started cooking from three now, right? Tobias Harris, yeah. I, Tobias I, Harris. I do want to talk about Embiid, though, because yeah. he should be the number one on that team. Right. Not is he not? Oh, well, I think he is, but when, yeah. you try and, when you try and fit around your number two, not your number one, I think that's, like, the first mm. problem. Because if Ben Simmons can't shoot, he's clogging up those lanes, and he's making Joel's job even harder. It's very true. They they have tried mm. to accommodate Ben Simmons a lot. And Embiid has been the one that has been growing in his game over the past couple of years. And, you know, he got second in the MVP voting because of it this past year. Well, now move into the playoffs as this past season. Ben Simmons had honestly one of the worst performances in a playoff series I've, I've probably ever seen from anyone considered at one point a star player or a, a sub star player and it brought up the question can these two coexist can ben simmons coexist in a dark river system and it felt like all the 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 hate or just the criticism in a sense was getting to ben simmons head up to a point where it's boiled over now in that he does not want to be a part of this team anymore and that's kind of where we are at right now max well when yeah i mean well straight when you absolutely fudged fudged Mm. the playoffs for your team last year because as we saw for anybody who watched the playoffs last year Embiid was dominant tobias harris stepped up in games where you know Embiid was kind of having an off night he was getting locked up and then you go to ben simmons who he's your number two number three guy like you need him to score he is a big body he is 610 611 he can dunk with ease and he's passing up and i'm just going to go to that one play that everybody talked about where he passed up an open layup slash dunk to go to matisse dybul who yeah. had a difficult shot and completely missed. And you guys lost to the Hawks, which no disrespect to the Hawks, but man, like you couldn't do your job to the point where you were like 33% of the line making big mistakes and people would just foul you because you were so bad. Like that is embarrassing to say the least. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing to be said about the point guard being kind of like the leader on the floor, but it also has to be a leader by example. And if the game isn't growing from a point guard standpoint and it, there's the, the fit isn't there, then it's got to be said, is that point guard right for the team? And is, is you know, is he worth, especially in the case of Ben Simmons, who's got, a, who last year got a rookie max, five years, $177 million. Wow. And, he, you know, he's getting 30 plus million guaranteed every year. Now you add that to the point of, oh, it's just play leveling up every year i don't know how much he ben simmons can complain about the situation he's in 
Mm-hmm. And and that's that's uh that's something, Sam. Do you have any thoughts about you know just hit how Ben Simmons has kind of acted throughout this? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think you kind of touched upon uh, something that I thought was really interesting, which was um, does Ben Simmons will will Ben Simmons work in a Doc Rivers um, like management coaching system? Right. And I don't think it's if Doc Rivers can accommodate for Ben Simmons. I don't think it's necessarily on Doc Rivers to uh, have Ben Simmons fit into the system. I think it's yeah. more on Ben to fit just in the nba i mean max (laughs) no you're serious yeah i'm dead serious i mean max you talked about the league is going heavily to shooters i mean you see like cade cunningham he's what six eight like he's a Mm -hmm. six eight six something point guard he can shoot he can do everything right yeah and you, you look at other players like i mean for one joel Embiid, uh who wasn't you know, a predominantly great shooter or didn't take a lot of outside shots or Giannis, you start seeing him take a lot more outside shots to help spread the floor because everybody knows that that's going to help your team win. If you look at Ben Simmons, I don't think if he's on, you know, the Golden State Warriors, if he's on the Lakers, if he's really going to make that team a lot better, he can't shoot. He can't. Yeah. I mean, what team really like what team would he make better? If you look at Ben Simmons stock right now, if you're an investor and you look at his stock, his stock is trending to the literal floor because it went from question marks about Ben Simmons in Philly. Right. They're like, what will the future have? You have Philly, Cran- Philly, Crans, Philly fans beginning to outcry. They're like, hey, we want to get this guy off our team. He sucks. Then you have. Oh, well. Let's think about potential like destinations for Ben Simmons, right? And they're kind of like top teams. They're like, oh, he could go to Portland. He could go to the Lakers. He could go to the Clippers. He could go to, you know, a couple places in the East. Now, if you look at the potential places that he's going to go, no offense teams, but it's the bottom of the barrel. We're talking the Pistons, Spurs, Raptors, Cavs, Pacers, Timberwolves, Mm. and the Sacramento Kings being one of the top destinations for this guy now. That is I, I'll say it again, embarrassing. If you're Ben Simmons and you were like a top prospect, used to be a really, really dominant player, and now people are like, well, he's going to go to Sacramento. Like, I mean, I still think he can be a dominant player in his own sense, but at the same time, he's not helping. His whole attitude is not mm-hmm. helping his dra- draft stock. He's not helping himself get to a better team. I mean, I think it just came <laughs> yeah. out that uh, his uh, – his party just said, oh, I think it's unfair that Ben Simmons was drafted by a good team and was expected to play like well. And he was expected <laughs> to contribute. Number one overall pick. A number oh. one overall. You're supposed to contribute. Like, isn't that everyone's dream to not be drafted to a shit team in get yeah. great minutes? Uh, you're able to make mistakes, but you're still shit. You're not. Sorry, you're not. You're not your team's not great. Like you're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Or you have the opportunity to be a big contributor yeah. on a you know, playoff bound team. And I that's mean, what's going to help you get better, right? Because you know that when you play with better players, you're going to be better. You know, they're going to lift you up and you by contributing and working hard are going to help them, especially when you're this guy, right? It's not like he's, uh, you know, six, one, guard who's like really skilled at passing can like kind of play defense but doesn't have that much offense like he 
is a big dude. Like you've seen, we've seen highlight plays where he just throws it down. He can play in the post because he's strong and big enough. Like his contributions and his potential ceiling are so high. So for Philly to get that, I mean, great move. And for the first couple of years, you're like, wow, this is quote unquote the process. This is our new dynasty. But in actuality, like you said, with his attitude, he's starting to just squander this opportunity that he has. It's ridiculous to like see him. People talked about they, they, they said they're like, they're like, well, this guy, he doesn't really like to work because you see season after season where players and, and people have the opportunity to get better. They work with shooting coaches. They'll work with skill coaches. They'll work with just game sense coaches. Multiple different factors day and night are helping them expand their game and compete in the NBA. This guy has been stagnant and now he's trending down. Well, that's the thing, Max, is you see a lot of video from the offseason of Ben Simmons working with these types of trainers. Like you see him working with the Drew Hanlins and the, you know, you see the, the sessions with Embiid and um, and Tatum and like, you know, th- those types of players. Like you see him working on every year. There's a Ben Simmons has been working on his three video on Twitter, right? That's always trending. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But it all comes down to what are you putting on the floor when the when the game, you know what I mean? When the game is on when it's for a win and it just seems like in the regular season, he's been, he's been a great player. No. And I think Sam said, this is like, I don't doubt that he could continue to be a great player and move, you know, move up the ranks. I just think coming into the league with a certain, you know, pedigree as a number one seed, that's up to the front office of the Sixers to say, Hey, is this kid not only you know physically ready, which he has all the physical gifts for a number one pick. Like I wouldn't doubt that if it was just up to skill, Ben Simmons would be, and you know just like like embodiment of a number one pick. That would be it. But is he like you know mentally? Is is he is he right? Is he right for that that situation where you know a lot is going to be called upon him? He's going to you know be under a lot more scrutiny than normal. Like that also comes into consideration. I feel like he's not been great at handling that Philadelphia media, which as much as the Boston media gets a lot of, you know, heat on their players, the Philadelphia media is ruthless. Like you should see some some of these player people talk about the Eagles and the Sixers. They, oh, they're bad. They they're tear bad. into. And fans if, will tear into their players. Also, too, the margin for them like going ballistic is zero. It's so low. <laughs> it's one, <very> game, low. <laughs> one game, and these guys are like, <laughs> they literally will be like, get out of our city. Oh, think about this. Danny Green, literal, oh. like, like death threats. It's yeah. insane. It's insane. So just having, you know, having that in mind they've done like this has happened to two number one picks for the sixes already right markel fultz mm-hmm. don't forget they kicked him out of town after ruining his shot so they said here they change everything you know but yeah. here he changed everything you know about basketball and then oh oh it didn't work i'm sorry we're gonna have to trade you for like some like basically like second round value and then uh. <laughs> now the heralded you know put on a pedestal number one pick right who is there from the beginning this is the start of the process or you know better right, than right tatum there. better than anybody in that draft class deserved rookie of the year even though he was technically a rookie the season before yeah and, and now, 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 it, now things happen yeah. i which yeah it's just crazy how how quickly they flip 
it's just such a we're not going to get into the philly fan base but yeah they are they're mean they're mean but like we're like like we're mean too in boston so i totally understand it and i think the way ben simmons has handled it like he got paid too like let's not forget that it's not like he's working like for a, a rookie contract and they expect so much out of him and he's not like he has been he paid committed as a veteran now like yeah, he, he he committed to the he, philly system exactly exactly he he got paid like as it like more like if you look at his you know per annum value like 30 million dollars is up there like that's with the the best of the best in the league it's with the best of the best so it so, comes it comes with certain gravity of like of the situation he can't just like crumble and say oh i'm not going to report now because you know i hate the situation when you're getting paid as if you should be playing like a star like no matter how much you how you feel about like you can go behind the scenes and say you want to trade but to not report in the beginning that you're just wasting money now you're not only your money you're wasting the team's money you're wasting trade value you're wasting where you could go it's just a situation that's bad for every side if he doesn't report well that's what i'm saying about his stock value going down is is when all this stuff first started coming out at the beginning of the summer primarily Mm -hmm. right it's like where is he going to go he's going to go to another good team because he seems dissatisfied with philly now when people are talking about you like actively going to sacramento actively going to the Cavs or the pacers Mm. that's that's bad that's that's not good and Again, I'm not trying to like say this in a way that's disrespectful to the teams, mm-hmm. but for a number one pick who was on like a, you know, quote unquote, like a contender, realistically, like every year, yes, Philly always fell short in the playoffs for various reasons, but to go from like a contender to a, a, a not even playoff team, wow. I mean, I what I will say is I don't think – I mean, I, we're obviously touching upon this, but I don't think it's about his skill necessarily. Like, right. yes, obviously he has to work on his shooting. Maybe that means that he has to take on a role that's more of like a traditional like power forward where he's not handling the, the ball as much and he's just set up for maybe spot up shooting more just so he can maybe get more comfortable on the floor with shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing is he signed his contract last year. He signed yeah. a five-year, five $177 million contract just one year ago. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm not comfortable with the situation. I want out <laughs> completely. You think that much has changed in one year? I, I think he just – he wanted the bag and now he, see, he saw like that James Harden situation where James Harden was like, all right, I want out. And then they made it happen. Yeah. But – Ben Simmons is not that kind of player. He's not James Harden. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm sorry. Like, he is a great player, but I don't think he has that much control over his destiny at this point in his career Mm-mm. than James wow. Harden. Because, ta- wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, go I ahead. Mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good claim. I mean, I'm just saying, like, James Harden, I mean, obviously, we don't have to, like, talk that much about how great James Harden is because I'm sure we all know. He's but- the GOAT. He's the GOAT. <laughs> He's out. Pro- he's proven that he he can carry a team. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe he hasn't made it to the playoff or made it to the finals, finals or anything like that. But you know, I mean, when you look back at it, like Ben Simmons has so many holes in his game. Mm. I think that- people, yeah, 
Yeah, no, you're you're right about the the holes in his game. But I also think too, just just in a general sense, when we talk about players being good or not, we need to broaden our scope. the The criteria for them being a good slash great player does not should not be did they make it to the finals? Because think about statistically how likely that is within a given year, within a given season, granted over multiple years. The NBA as a sport and the leagues and the teams within that change so much. So we saw James Harden in Houston and everybody kind of clowned him for not being able to, you know, make it very far in the playoffs. This guy made it to the playoffs. He didn't have a super team. He didn't have an all-star roster all the time. Yeah, he had some good players come and go, but at the end of the day, it was mostly him. So for us to kind of like look at him and be like, oh, well, and Sam, this is not a criticism on what you said, but this is just kind of in general, like for any player, they'd be like, oh, well, they didn't make it to the finals or they don't have any rings. So da, 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 da. only one team can win. Only two teams can make it to the finals. There, there are so many teams that compete and so many things that can happen. Again, it's a seven game series. It's not single game eliminations. There's so much basketball to be played that it's difficult to qualify players and to quantify their skill based off of how far they made it in the playoffs. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And maybe I, you know, said the wrong thing there, but I, I definitely agree that, you know, making it to the finals is not, you know, the benchmark to how good a player is. Yeah. It shouldn't be a benchmark for how good a player is, but I think, from a team standpoint, right? That's your ultimate goal. And it's not for sure. It's not actually making it there, but is is the team doing enough to be set up to make that sort of run every year? And there may be a year where they break through and that, you know, there's a lot of factors throughout the season that could, you know, account for that. But from a team standpoint, you got to look at the roster every year and say is each person is you know each each player doing their job to make sure that like whether it's the front office to the players on the court that actually have to play to get to that standpoint is each person doing their job to you know set this team up for the most success that they can have you know barring okay. any injuries and so okay yeah and so i think what it comes down to is Ben Simmons is not setting setting him his team up for that same type of success, if not trying to get better to you know vaunt the team into bet like into higher success every year, and that's where the stagnation comes in. Is that I think Joel Embiid has done that, and you can talk about uh, yeah Embiid's comments. He 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 feels disrespected by kind of the whole Ben Simmons situation he you know he said it's and this is coming from uh from him during a, a press conference he said you know it's kind of surprising to see we'll say that and even going back to the reason we signed Al we got rid of Jimmy which I still think was a mistake just to make sure Simmons needed the ball in his hands that's the decision <laughs> they made like I said it is surprising so what what happened was they just you know the, the for office and the team decided Simmons needed to be a focal point and they in a, on a team that you know had Jimmy Butler in their grasp that you know yeah. got cl very close to the the Western Conference Finals. They were eliminated Eastern. by one of the craziest w shots of all one time. One of the sorry, the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Uh you know, one of the craziest shots of all time was what led to their demise, but Jimmy Butler was a huge part of that. When they said the next season we want, you know, Ben Simmons and Al Horford, you know, 
so we want Al Horford and and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons to you know hold the ball more because obviously Jimmy oh, Butler is on the court. <laughs> He's going to be that slasher ball dominant player all the t- most of the time and that's what he's doing in Miami when they made that decision they made Ben Simmons the number two and like again and now you can see that there's trouble you know trouble in paradise again because Ben Simmons I don't think is fit out is cut out to be a number two right now and that's something that he mm. may grow into and you know that's something you know James Harden started to learn when he went to the Nets he said you know I'll I'll be a number two or a number three on this team. Like, I really don't care. That's why the Nets did well in the regular season to end. And then obviously injuries, whatever. We don't have to get into that. But yeah, that's what, you know, that's what he has. That's what the team has to say. Like, is this guy setting our team up for success every year? And is he doing enough to get us closer and closer to our ultimate goal? I don't think Ben Simmons is doing that right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I mean, maybe this might be an extreme example, but I think... I think it is a good example, but uh, Carmelo Anthony, Mm. I mean, you saw like when he wasn't in the league, everybody was concerned. Oh, like, is he willing to take that step back? Maybe come off the bench, not be that guy. And when he came back, you saw that he was willing to take that step back because he was willing to help his team win. He was willing to take a lesser role if it meant that he could contribute more to the team's um, success. Really? And he was huge for Portland. Mm-hmm. I know, again, and this is why I want to talk about broadening the scope. Because I know that, yes, they, they made it to the playoffs, but they didn't win all the time. But Carmelo Anthony was such an integral part of that team's success, the success that they did have, that, like you said, Sam, that's perfect. Him being able to like throw away his ego and be like, yeah, I'm going to be thankful for this opportunity. I'm so happy that I get to play with one of the best point guards in the league. And I just want to do what I can. You know, he came up clutch. Mm. He came up big, both on offense and defense. And he was just happy to be there. And he worked his hardest to help this new team find success. And that, I think, is the most like commendable aspect of, yeah, that whole saga for him, you know, for, for starting for in the sure. NBA to being released to coming back. And, and that what really is what it was. It was a phenomenal comeback. Yeah, so, so oh, for Dwight sure, Howard sure. did the Dwight Howard did the same thing. If you remember, like, yep, being yep. from where he was, you know, going through all the injuries, he's not the same player that he was. And I know we talk about we're talking about Ben Simmons. You know, he's in his prime. Like we're talking about him, like he's Dwight Howard or Carmelo yep. Anthony. But right, there is a level of ego that comes with you know being under the bright lights as a number one or as a number two star and. If you're, it's not even that he's putting in the effort. If it's just not working, then either it's something it's something you're doing, or it's it's up to the team to figure out. Hey, is this the right guy for us? And it feels like both players or both players in this kind of game don't know what to do. Like Ben Simmons doesn't know like if if he's right for the team and where you know where he wants to go in life, and the team doesn't want to give him up for a certain amount and you know, start over and start anew. So it's like this like massive limbo that both, both, uh, you know, parties are in. And it's, that's what's compelling about it because no one has any clue what they're trying to do, what they're trying to get out of this situation. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as an organization, the Sixers really, they've tried, they've really tried to set Ben Simmons up with multiple different situations. I mean, obviously like bringing Jimmy Butler, 
bringing in Al Horford. Yeah. Um, they, they've really tried to do what they can with, you know, the resources that they have. And I do feel like it is kind of an ego thing. You know I mean? Like to go back to Carmelo Anthony or Dwight Howard, you know, it's hard to go from being that guy and having that mentality to taking a step back. And I feel like mm. for Ben Simmons, like he's still in his prime. He can still contribute, but I think he just has to take on a different role, whether it be uh, in Philly, which won't happen, or on another team, which is likely un- unlikely to happen uh, this season. So, so Sam, you think you think that Ben Simmons will stay on the team but will not get traded for the rest of the year? Or my, is that, my, is that my, what you meant my, by my thought is. I really think the Sixers want to get a big haul for Ben Simmons. Clearly. And what Ben Simmons has been showing and putting onto the table for other teams is just not attractive. I mean, if you look at somebody like the Timberwolves, is he really going to like – would the Timberwolves really want that kind of energy in the locker room? I mean, you have homies like Cat and D'Lo who are – good buds off of the court and then right. you have anthony edwards who has that work ethic who wants to be a winner um they're not on a great team right now but they're not they're not doing anything they're just trying to make their team better mm-hmm. and you you think you think that ben simmons attitude is gonna improve if he goes to a to, to a team that's not doing as well i, <laughs> I don't think worse. so it'll get worse it'll like get he's worse. literally on a, a playoff team like yeah. who consistently has made it to the second round, like that's a great situation. Like y- you are contributing to winning. Agree. Yet, yet you want to go somewhere. You think the Lakers are going to pick you up? No. You think the Warriors are going to pick you up? No. Like these teams who are already set up, they already have you know what they believe can be something that pushes them to a title. Like they don't need you. They don't need to give up something to have you so you're going to end up in a place like sacramento you're going to end up in a place like the cavaliers that's that's such a good point because he's already been set up for success and to to move away from that in a search for for success for what he's deeming as success instead of working at trying to make this team the best possible because from the outside looking in, this is such a good situation for him. But he hasn't been, you know, shifting in a way that he can fit with what the players that they have. They have talent on the team. They have they have people to back him up. They have Maxi and Isaiah Joe. Like those are some good young guys. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris. They paid a lot of money. They shelled a lot of money, and he's he's been producing. Like he's a twenty point per game player, and he he's a great facilitator from the wing. Embiid is playing at an MVP level. I don't know how many teams, other than, say, the Warriors, you'd be able to get that. And so, Sam, you make a great point that whatever he's looking for, it seems like he's already got it. He just doesn't want to be with this kind of cast. And I don't know if he's going to find the same situation somewhere else. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think to wrap things up, really, I think what we've really, like, everybody has seen is that the Philly organization has fully, has tried to fully commit to Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons hasn't done the same to the Philly organization. At least that's how it seemed, at least in the past few years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So 
Let's transition over to our favorite team, the Boston Celtics. Now, the preseason for the NBA has been going on. Very exciting. It's nice to see new young talent. Uh, it's nice to see, you know, veterans and new team makeups. But let's talk about what's going on with the Celtics. And I don't say that in a, you know, oh, God, oh, oh, no, terrible way. But <laughs> there are some things that uh, needed to be changed that we're kind of still seeing. My biggest thing is Jason Tatum ISO. You know, we have a new coach coming in. And he's like, we're going to have a lot more, uh, you know, playmaking and a lot more passing. And we were 28th in assists last year. Like, we're mm -hmm. trying to bring that up. And then you also see in a preseason game, the Celtics led up 43 points to the Toronto Raptors in the second quarter. So, <laughs> looks like we're kind of uh, slated for a similar sixth, seventh seed season, especially when the East got so much better. We have role players, but we don't have anybody over 6'10", and that boggles my mind. So, fellas, let's hear your thoughts, because I was confident at first, and now watching a couple games, I am significantly, significantly less confident. I, I look at it, and I'm like, what, 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 why? So, thoughts. Well, I first of all, I just want to say, let's not overreact here. You know, when it's we talk preseason, about nothing matters. It's preseason. I know. No, no. That. When we talk about the preseason, <laughs> yes, like it is the preseason. Like we can't like overthink some things. But I will say, Jason Tatum has had a little bit of a rough start. Um, I do think maybe a little bit is that you know, obviously over the summer, you saw um, those photos come out of Jason Tatum and he looks massive. So he, I think maybe he looks buff. Maybe it, <laughs> I, I think it might take some time for him to adjust. Um, you know, uh, obviously, like after you work out, you can't really shoot. You know, I just so, yeah. But Sam, Sam, those photos came out a month ago. You think that he hasn't been in the gym training and like getting a shot down? Yeah, I, yeah. I understand right. where you're coming you're from, right. but like this, it's not like he he shot that yesterday and he was he's like still swollen sore today. Like he has had significant amount of time training and and like professional training at that so i just i can't get behind that being a reason and i'm not saying that you're saying that that's what it is but i'm sure that some people are along that narrative i can't justify that as a reason for him playing poorly i mean well, not poorly when, but when you look at poorly he shot six for 15 from the field so 40 percent, and then three for right 10. 20 points nine rebounds seven assists i know yeah it's just yeah. the thing that bothers me is the go-to ISO in I just when you watch good basketball it's it's a team game and I guess there's a good balance because you see too much team game in the Utah Jazz and that only gets you so far you need to have scoring and you need to have people like take over when they're hot yeah but at the same time you can't just default to ISO even it's, now it, it should be calculated it should it, it shouldn't be required in every situation I feel like you know, it's something that this team in the past have resorted to when, you know, the clock is running down or, you know, they like desperately need a basket. And so it works in some situations, but it also depends on A, you know, how has the player been playing that day? And B, like, you know, if someone else 
you know, is playing better, we need to get you need to get others involved and only boost their confidence. So I feel like that's something that I'm I'm gonna be looking towards and seeing if these role players like Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Langford, mm-hmm. if they can get involved offensively, which I feel like they made some decent strides defensively last year, especially in key moments. But if they can make strides offensively in that Yudoka, you know, says to Tatum and Brown, like, hey, like these guys deserve the ball when they're on the court, you know, make sure you look for them, you know, spotting up in the corners or, you know, slashing. I know Neesmith did uh, a good job last year of, you know, cutting when, when needed and stuff. I saw that. I'm looking forward to things like that, especially if, you know, Brown is going to miss a couple games to start the season. I want to see kind of how these younger guys uh, figure out their role on the team, especially with, Horford being in the lineup and taking up minutes and uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder and stuff. I don't don't like that reaction when you said Al Horford. (laughs) No, let me explain. I am a big fan of Al Horford here. I just can't. Look, Sam, I didn't like him when he was on the team because, again, he took up so much time and he's not. Now that he's three years older than he was before, he should have very, very, very restricted minutes. He, he really should. I mean, Al Horford got 24 oh. in the preseason game. I think that's fine. No more than like 24, 26 because he is slow. He is, he is, he is clunky and he is old. And while he can shoot and stretch the floor and make plays sometimes, he is not a player for the modern NBA. And when we see teams start to ramp up and get going, he is not going to be able to keep up. And I will stand behind that. I'm I'm wondering how this kind of backcourt because what I can see, sorry this front court of Horford yeah, and what Rob the hell Will, is our front court like so what I'm gonna guess it's Horford and Rob Will right and I I think it spaces the floor a little bit but from a from Only a standpoint from Horford, of though. yeah but from a standpoint of Robert Williams plays fast and he plays athletic. And then Horford is the complete opposite. He plays with his mind, right? He knows where to be on the court, and he he leverages <laughs> the most important that. muscle in your body is between your ears. <laughs> he, he just he just doesn't he's he's not he's not gonna turn into Robert Williams unless they like switch powers or something like a superhero. But Rob Williams just needs to be available. He he is making yeah. big leaps and big strides. He just needs to please, for the love of the Lord. Stay healthy. He that is paid. that is his biggest jump. He needs. He got to make paid to be available too. Like he got uh, paid to be available. I have no. I have no doubt. And while while my only gripe with his ability is the inability to shoot, we don't necessarily need him to do that if we had everybody else on the floor spacing it right. He mm-hmm. is a ginormous lob threat. He is a threat down low. He's a threat off of pick and rolls. Like yes, that is great. He he can't space too well. I don't know what he's done for his jump shot recently, but that aside, he just needs to be healthy and he just needs to be there. That's it. That's it. It's key. I think when you talk about this team not having that, like they haven't had a real big man that has in been years. dominant in I don't years. Since, I would say since KG. I don't remember the last real big man that they had that you Glenn said Davis? <laughs> <laughs> big baby Glenn Davis. Uh, who, who's yeah, in no. the news for other reasons uh recently Ooh, that, that's bad yeah 
<laughs> but they haven't had a dominant force as a big man, as a power forward or as a center that you could say, man, you got to watch out for him, not only defensively all game, but he brings to the table such a spark. And Robert Williams, I believe he can be that kind of player. He can be a spark player. He's done it in the past. He's gotten better at his vision too. I think he had like an mm-hmm. eight or nine assist game or something like that. Crazy. Like he just knows. I I can tell he's getting better at for the feel of basketball, but I just can't trust him for 82 games. And that's something that I was surprised at the contract when we first talked about it on podcast, Max thought, man, you're paying him to be a centerpiece because you probably thought there's not enough on the market to get something as good, if not better than Robert Williams. So we're going to have to pay this guy. That's a bet that you're going to have to make that he can make just being healthy and, I'm not sure right now, but you know, I trust that his talent will at least while he's on the court get us to a better spot when he's playing. So, yeah, well, Sam, I want to hear your thoughts on Robert Williams as a whole because I know that we have had several mm. contentious talks about him and his development and his role in the team. So, I want to hear how you're feeling right now. Listen, I've always been a big fan of. Robert Williams. Yeah, I, I know. You say, you say that so it's a disgust. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I don't think he has been like a really big detriment to the team. I mean, obviously, you know, availability when it comes to his health, and I feel like that's something that yes, it is kind of like iffy when looking into the, the future if he's going to still have that availability. Um, however, I think that's only something time can tell. Really, like we can't really say, oh, he's going to get hurt. He's not going to be good for 82 games. Um, I think he can be a great contributor to the team. I mean, like you said, we don't need him to really be insane at scoring or shoot threes, really. You know what I mean? And I feel like with him and Al Horford, I don't necessarily think it's a great starting lineup to have two double bigs, but I'm also a fan of Al Horford, and I think having that switch off of Robert Williams being in and then if we need space the floor having having Al Horford come out I don't think Al Horford is that slow I mean necessarily maybe in transition but I think if a play's set up I think he's great defensively and I think a lot of teams forget about him and he can hit those open shots I I guess if we're going to focus on positives you know who I'm really excited for it's Dennis Schroeder like Schroeder 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 Dennis. Dennis. I'm really excited for Dennis. I mean, he's got the biggest chip on his shoulder. He also said that that contract, that that 84 million contract was never in front of him. Said that was the quote unquote Lakers offer, but he never sat down with that amount of money in front of him ready to sign. So interesting. And I think that's part of the reason why he's so jaded and why he's ready to play for us. I mean, I think he's going to ball out and I would love depending on how Marcus Smart plays, because we've seen last season that, you know, things weren't always good in paradise. I think he might be able to take the starting spot. And, I mean, if you're running Schroeder, Brown, Tatum, and then if we want to throw in Richardson in there or do the double bag, I'm not, like you said, I'm not crazy about the double bag. Mm-hmm. But something like that with Schroeder, Brown, and Tatum in the start, Wow, that'll be a fun, exciting, high-energy, high-octane lineup. 
I, I well, what I want it to be is an efficient lineup, and I feel like <laughs> like a lot of these players are are going to be as you said, I high octane. We're going to have some great offensive nights, and you know we have the defensive pieces too. And I I don't kind of judge that it will it'll break down as much as it did last year from from that standpoint, but. I have a feeling that there's like when there are bad shooting nights, we're going to have some bad shooting nights because if you look oh, at no. all these players, <laughs> uh, when Tatum, say Tatum is off, right? You're going to ask Josh Richardson to pick up offensive slack. He's like a career <laughs> 38% shooter. Like it's not, not great. Dennis yeah, Schroeder. we traded away our true big man for him. That I still think was a, a absolutely smooth brand move. For Mo- Moses I- Brown. <laughs> For Moses Brown, I don't think Josh Richardson is going to offer us what we could have kept with Moses Brown, especially since we're trending. I Actually, I don't even know where we're trending now because bringing back Horford makes us a lot older. It's like, are we trying to go young or are we trying to like bring in legit veteran presence? I don't know. It, it seems like this very kind of middled area. The Some of the decisions like extending Josh Richardson before he's played a game for us and... You know, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't make too much sense in the beginning. I, I did like, as you said, Max, like the Dennis Schroeder move because, from a from a flexibility standpoint, if he does prove himself and play well, right, he's on an expiring contract, right, which is just a one year contract. There's going to be a lot of teams that, if he's playing well, would love Dennis Schroeder on a on a short term, you know, win now type of contract that you know you could kind of raise the bid and maybe get something for him in the the middle of the season. So mm-hmm. I like that and if you know if the team is playing well and they like Dennis Ruder, just keep him. Like there's a lot of flexibility there that that I'm really enticed about. So you know I don't see like you said where we're headed, but I'm I'm also excited for some of the pieces. I'm just you know going to be, you know, staying back and if there's some bad shooting nights, you know why because there's going to be a lot of players that can't really spell another player if someone's having a bad night is what I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, when you look at, you know, Marcus smart, he's not historically the best shooter out mm-hmm. there. He's you know. hot or he's cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I really think that uh, players like Langford, like Pritchard, like Nee Smith, they have a lot to prove. Yes. Um, and I feel like them coming off of the bench, I really hope that they get a lot more minutes this season than they did last season. Mm. But I think they can really contribute to this team, especially their young talent. You know what I mean? And they might be those people that come in, you know, to surround Jason Tatum, to, sur- to surround Jalen Brown, to surround um, Dennis Schroeder to maybe spark if they are having a down night to help spark that energy. I mean, you saw at the end of last year, uh, Nate Smith came in and he yeah. gave his hundred, he gave 110% every minute that he was out there. And I think that's something that the Celtics really need. I mean, you look back to the 2019 season, we had Terry Rozier, we had Marcus Morris, we had dogs, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. We need dogs. Yep. That's true. I feel, I feel like that dog in Marcus Smart is still there. But I feel like you know he's caged he, right now. He, he need he's caged. He needs other people to come exactly. and bring that energy. Exactly. Yeah. He hasn't had anyone to feed off that that mentality in a while. Mm. I feel like I feel like a lot of these players are 
kind of soft-spoken and on the court too like you know they don't show too much emotion marcus smart is all about showing yeah emotion. i think he needs like a counterpart and that's why i love like the, like, get him the marcus up. i loved like the mar uh the marcus morris type of mentality that you know they both were like we could feed off of each other the energy they knew how to feed off of that energy so i uh I hope it comes out this year. I think maybe he'll feel more rejuvenated with a new coach and we'll see where it goes from there. That's a good point. And you know who I think is a sleeper with that like energy? I think Ennis Cantor is a sleeper. I think when mm. he starts making plays and he starts cooking, that man starts talking. Mm. And I love that. But you know who else? I, I He's so calm in in his interviews and outside, at least for what we see in the public eye. And I just wish when he gets mad, it's awesome. Jalen Brown like there's so many guys where when they take the court it's that switch is flipped I mean look at Kobe mm. Kobe is the nicest guy outside the basketball court but when he is on there he will literally rip your throat out and that energy if Jalen Brown can channel that and become a beast and an animal and just get mad at people and start dunking all over the place start making his shots start cooking people with his handles oh my god that and that's gonna get Marcus Smart fired up even if JT starts talking, like if one of our superstars starts just like not getting a little bit of ego, but like getting a little bit of ego, start being like, I'm the best player on this court. Nobody can guard me. Yeah. And when I make tough buckets, I'm going to talk. Yeah. Because think about, think about like well, a, Sam, you told like me. Like a Russ personality. Like a Russ personality. Sam, you told me a story about one of your friends who's a Philly fan. And you were talking about, you're like, oh man, Embiid is like tough. And your friend was like, hey, wait a minute. You can't tell me that if he wasn't on your team, that you wouldn't love when he starts getting people hyped up. You know, when JoJo dunks on somebody, absolutely crucifies them, and he starts, he does like the wings, or he starts like getting the crowd going. That's the kind of energy that I'm looking for. And if Jalen Brown, you know, like when he did that OG Ananobi, like two foot plant, cock back, mm. boom on his head, if he starts like getting the crowd into that, oh my God. Oh, the garden, garden is rocking. historic. TD Garden is historically one of like the most raucous arenas. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet where it was like, uh, the Garden in preseason is like has more energy than a lot of other mm. like air, like other other arenas do in like the preseason. Or yeah, I mean, in the regular season. You know, if you're as a player, if you're committed and you play with energy, then the crowd, no matter what type of crowd is there will come with that same energy at TD Garden. There's just no, you know, beating around the bush about that point. So, like, we, like, obviously the crowd is going to feed off how you play, but also you better look at, you know, how, you know, how the crowd is and, you know, just feed off of that as well. Like, you, it's got to be mutualistic. It can't, it can't be, uh, it can't be a one-way street and, you know, we're cheering for someone that doesn't really show 100% effort all the time. So, mm. Yeah, I, I agree. So before we get going, I just want to kind of do like a lightning round and just just quick little like just quick thoughts of what your guys' thoughts are on a couple of these teams. So we have three from the East and three from the West, mm. and they're kind of big question marks, not necessarily in a bad way, but question marks as to how well they're going to do this season. So we'll start with the West, and the first team that I want you guys to just kind of go over is the L.A. Lakers. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, obviously, if you have a trio of LeBron, AD, and Russ, they're going to do a lot of damage. 
Uh, I don't think LeBron is going to be playing more than 55 games this season. Um, I think he's probably going to do do a phantom injury or just say he's injured um, at some point just so he can rest up for the playoffs. I think that's going to happen. Uh, I think Westbrook is going to be a hard carry for them because obviously he has that energy. He's going to bring 100% every single game. And I think mm-hmm. that's huge for them. Um, and also when it comes to playmaking, I think that's something that the Lakers uh, were in need of. And they're not they're not really as shallow as I thought they were going to be um, after they made the Westbrook trade and things like that. But I yeah. think they're if you have LeBron, AD, just them two, you're going to make it deep into the playoffs. So if you add Westbrook, I don't think he's necessarily going to hurt if he's smart with his shot selection. Agreed. I think I think this team is definitely not shallow, like Sam said, but I would watch out for the shooting of this team. They don't. In the past, uh, it felt like they had better shooters. But, mm. you know, other than, I'd say, Wayne Ellington on this team, I, I don't know, like, from a depth standpoint, who you can call on for a bucket. I don't know how many times they would need it because they have three people that you need to guard at all times, Westbrook, uh, LeBron, and AD. But they have a lot of playmakers. So I feel like from a getting the best shot possible standpoint, they're going to do that. But if, you know, they have, you know, spells where they can't shoot the ball, like, you know where it's coming from, too. They don't have the shooting skill of some of the, some of the other teams in the West. Mm, okay. All right. So the next team is the former reigning champs, the Golden State Warriors. Trey, you want to take this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how the, the Warriors are kind of formed. I really like how Steph Curry has been playing in the preseason. Obviously, you know, you don't have to worry much about him. Wiggins, we now know will be playing the full season. He's, he's all good on that front. And so the big piece, and I think is is the underrated piece right now is Jordan Poole. And with clay out until at least Christmas, right? If not a little like January, Jordan Poole is going to have a chance to, to make a mark in this league as 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 a really good role player, like a sixth man type of player. And he's going to get starter minutes. And I think he's going to be up to the task. I really would like to, you know, for people to watch out for him because I think he has the shootings. He has the shooting touch. He knows how to score. He's become a better passer. I think he's gotten closer to like three assists a game now. Mm. I'm I'm a fan. I didn't think he would kind of grow this quickly. But for a young guy, I think, you know, he's right up there with with some of the best role players in the league. And I think with the starting minutes, he's going to gain a lot of confidence. And then when Clay comes back, if, you know, Clay's not going to be able to play 30 minutes a game immediately. So Jordan Poole for the rest of the season is going to have a lot of value for that team. And, you know, if they make some sort of midseason trade, like look out, I think, I think, the Warriors are going to be definitely better than they were last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like a four or five seed this year. So, mm. Mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, I def I definitely agree. There's a lot of uh, upside to this team for sure, but obviously, I don't think they're going to be fully healthy. I mean, in regards to Clay, Clay, yeah, this this year. So, um, but definitely when he comes back, it's just going to be insane because we've we haven't had clay 
in the league for how many how many seasons now? So yeah, you know, he's 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 going to come back. He's he's going to come back and remind everybody who he is. That's what I who he is the best catch and shooter catch and shoot shooter of all time. That's one of the great things about his game is that I think he's going to be set up for success immediately when he comes back. He's not so focused like he has the ability to drive and stuff, but when he's gaining his confidence back, he can just do that by shooting and then he'll figure out the rest of his game as it comes. And I, yep. he's yeah, from a time being, he's going to be, he's going to be drilling threes in the corner. You better watch out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next two teams are the Clippers and the jazz. I just want to pipe in on this one. The Utah jazz every year are going to be a first, if not second round exit. I mean, they just, while their team play is really, really good, they are the, basically the same roster that they were last year. So uh, they, they really banked on the Rudy Gobert. He's not, I, he's fine. He's good. He keeps winning DPOY. Like, Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like he, he blocks a lot of shots, but I don't know. We got to get, we got to, we got to get some guards in there. There are some really good defensive guards that need to be considered. It's not just big men. Uh, regardless, yeah. Jazz, middle of the road. They'll they'll be, you know, anywhere six through four, maybe three if they do really well. Um, but yeah, they're they're going to be the same. And I the Clippers, I, yeah. I, I disagree. I disagree. You, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they're going to be higher. I mean, I oh, I okay, think okay. I think you you know, you know at least last year they've showed that like they've shown that great team basketball great team chemistry can actually go a long way i think they have a lot of great players on their team so i don't know how far they'll go in the playoffs just not in the playoffs <laughs> i i think first round probably second round but i think they're going to be third third seed in the west i really think they have that that chemistry and you know they're just very very solid and so they're going to be mm. very consistent throughout the uh throughout the season it's so difficult because Donovan Mitchell, so much is asked of him on that team from an offensive standpoint. I do like Jordan Clarkson, but we saw stretches last year where Jordan Clarkson couldn't hit the, you know, couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. So there are times when Donovan Mitchell is called upon to make every single play, right? And this team isn't the most like isn't the healthiest team of all time. Mike Conley's always injured. Uh Clarkson can get injured. Rudy Gay isn't the most, you know like they it feels like and, and Donovan Mitchell when last year when Lot was called upon and then he hurt he got hurt at the end of the season, right? And he wasn't hundred percent going into the playoffs, then you're like, oh okay, now you know what's gonna happen. Like like the Jazz as well as they did in the in the regular season, number one seed. Hey, if John and Mitchell's hurt, like it's you're screwed. So they never really found some sort of way, some some player that could coexist with Mitchell that you know could take some of the scoring load off of him, that could play with him, be you know be another target for defenses. So Donovan Mitchell isn't the first option, you know, getting double teamed every time. Yeah. That's going to be an issue coming down the stretch too. I think if Mitchell, God forbid, gets hurt, like it's not gonna it's not gonna be well. Even if he's hobbled, right? Like even if there's some sort of lingering injury, it's not gonna it's not gonna spell well because Mike Conley doesn't bring that sort of punch every day. 
Bogdanovich last year, man, he took a real drop in stock. I think he was so good the year before. And then last year, I didn't, I don't know where that man was. And then Rudy Gobert, you can't call upon him for much other than rebounding in defense. So it, it feels like they, they will play good team basketball, but at the end of the day, it's also a stars league. And I think other than Donovan Mitchell, they haven't found another score that could, uh, you know, Derek star with them. Bogdanovich. <laughs> Joe, Joe Bogdan, Ingles. Bogdan. I love, I love Joe Ingles, but no. Can, <laughs> Wait, they, have, they have Bojan. They have Bojan, right? Not Bogdan. Yeah, they have Boyan. They have Boyan. Yeah. Classic. Go, I always get go. those two confused. They, uh, Bogdan, who are not related? Bojan, Bog, Bog. No, they're not related. It's no. crazy. It's like <laughs> everybody in the U.S. with the last name Brown. Wild that they're not related. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Clippers, uh, lightning round. Uh, I think that they have, like Sam said off pod, that they have the talent. It's just I don't know if they're championship tier. Mm. Terrence yeah, Mann, I, though. They, mm. they have to have Kawhi. I, I think, like, yes, Paul George <laughs> is nasty. Uh, <laughs> laugh if you want, but I think I think he can contribute. No, you're right. Uh, but no, Kawhi, he was doing he was doing the Kawhi. Laugh. Doing the Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> when they when they completely disrespected Kawhi uh, during the Toronto 2019 championship season, the Bucks when the Toronto every time Toronto had a turnover, they'd play the Kawhi laugh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> oh, that was wicked funny. Uh, but go ahead, Sam. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, just just based on last year, I mean, they they made it pretty far, but they were just they were literally just missing Kawhi. They like yeah. they needed him. Uh, obviously, Terrence Mann. I think he's a big highlight for that team, mm-hmm. just because he's so young. His you know. You know, his ceiling is, you know, can be wherever he wants it to be. And right. then obviously Reggie Jackson was a highlight for them last last season as well. So we'll see. We'll see right. where that goes. For me, I think it's kind of in the same vein as the Utah Jazz. If Kawhi's not there, a lot of workload goes on Paul George. And you saw yep. it in the playoffs. And he was up to task in the playoffs. Man, he, he played his heart out in the playoffs. And I, you know, I got to give him props for it. But... That's not going to win a championship. Yeah, against teams, against teams that have you know that second guy or you know Reggie Jackson, as good as he played in the playoffs, you know for eighty-two more games, I don't know how many of those games he has left in him. Yep, and it feels like a kind of a hodgepodge of players. They have Nick Batum still, who you know revived his career last year, and. They just we Nick Batman, <laughs> just we baguette, <laughs> je mange baguette, baguette, and then um, Bledsoe, Bledsoe. too, who got traded for negative Ooh. value. <laughs> I do not Terrible. like Drew Bledsoe, not nothing about his Drew game. Drew Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe, no, Drew Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe. oh, where is oh, Eric Bledsoe? No, Max, we're kidding, dude. Wait. Oh. <laughs> Max, we're, Max, hello, <laughs> Max. Sorry, straight. We we've passed our hour limit, and now my mind turns to mush. I take no. my brain out of a out of a uh, vat in a jar, and I put it into my head, and it works for about an hour. That's why I try to like we try to like keep it at an hour or less, and then I put it back into the jar. It needs to like soak again. No, Max, we were joking because remember when Rosier 
put on the Drew Bledsoe jersey versus the Bucks because he was like, "Who's Bledsoe?" Oh, against yeah. against Eric, but yeah. yeah, no Eric being there, like I don't know, it just feels kind of like a hard, like it doesn't feel like they have a strong lineup to start with. It's right now it's Jackson, Man or Bledsoe, George Morris and Zubats, and I don't know. Unless Kawhi comes back, I don't see I don't see them really going anywhere. I think they'll middle for a bit, and then when Kawhi comes back, they can they can take it to they can take it up a notch, but. Okay, let's quickly go over to the East. We have uh, the Celtics. How do you guys feel? We already talked a lot about it, but... Middle of the uh, road. Middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Fifth. Okay. Fifth seed. Fifth, Fifth. sixth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sixth. Yeah, it's... I mean, we're going to... Deep gonna... playoff run championship number 18. <laughs> that's my prediction. Uh, don't, don't quote me on that. Don't number one on seed. That. We finally get Durant. We we sweep the Nets, we sweep the Bucks, yeah, you know, and, and we sweep Philly. We we sweep all of our beef in the East. Celtics, then, Celtics, Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> what year is this? Is this Kate Cunningham oh, drops 50, 50 a game. Then we go to face the Lakers and we sweep them as well. We actually have a special rule where we can take one good player from every team. And uh, we just do that, build the ultimate super team. Oh, nice. A nice little fantasy draft. <laughs> still, got, still go 10 and 70. <laughs> <laughs> 10 and 70. Um, okay. How about this hot ticket, though? The Chicago Bulls. I'm telling you, I said last year, don't sleep on them. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on the Bulls. Oh, they're going to be so fun. It is literally the perfect team where you get all of these, like, just guys who can play basketball. They don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, or the fastest, but they know how to play, and you put them all together, and they have fun. That's going to be an awesome team. And everybody's like, oh, they're defense. Oh, they're defense. Now, these guys can still play defense. You have Alex Caruso and DeMar DeRozan on the team. like, And, and Lonzo. Christ. like They're yeah. going to be a Emphasis a on team. Alex Caruso, the GOAT. Uh, GOAT. I, I, I think they're going to be, um, I think, right around the Celtics, honestly. You know, fourth for sure, but I like think fifth, fifth, six, definitely playoff bound. Um, I see second round exit. But that's yeah. from where they were. Man, I think that's were. great. You I talk think that's about, great. You talk yeah. about in a bottom of the league, and bottom, then, and then bad. last year they made a couple moves, like you know, getting Vucevic and. Tice. You know, it felt Tice, yeah. So it felt well, like he's no longer with them, but yeah, right. But it true. felt like it felt like they were actually working towards something. <laughs> they, for a long time, man, they had they were struggling with Cristiano Felicio as their starting center, and <laughs> and, yeah. and whoever they could scrounge up to be the center of the 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 Chicago Bulls. But having Nikola Vucevic man the center position, and then getting Demar Derozan mm-hmm. is is huge because in these in these lineups. He could, you know, play like a a small forward, power forward mix too. Like, who's gonna guard Demar as a facilitator from the power forward position? If you had a lineup that's like Ball, Caruso, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, I don't know. That's like a that's a tough playmaking. Yeah, elect like like stars like star studded. Yeah, they have names, but they also I feel like especially from the the preseason they know they kind of know how to play with each other they know each other's skill sets they know yep. Levine is still the the head honcho and 
everyone else, like, just, I don't know. I feel like they don't have a lot of ego on that team. I think they're going to play really well. Yeah, I, I think it's a team to look out for. Maybe not this year for a championship run, but I think within the next couple of years, they're yeah. going to be making a statement for that. For they're sure. set up too. They got, they got you know, some big contracts too. They got long-term contracts too. So I don't think no one's going to be leaving in the, the near future. Okay. The third team and the final team is the Brooklyn Nets with the Kyrie situation, which... God, this man always wants to make a scene. I, I just remember Shrey on a, on some of our earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about we're like, what is Kyrie's goal when he was doing the holdout? You were like, you're on a super team. Like, what are you doing? Uh, now he refuses to disclose his vaccination status, whether he is or he isn't. It's just interesting. Regardless, though, they got Lamarcus Aldridge back. They kept the same people. They kept fraud Joe Harris who is the biggest <laughs> fraud. You have one job, and I refuse to believe that you can't make an open three. Fraud. Fraud. Anyway, what do you guys think? I mean, obviously, like, what is there to say? I mean, even if you don't have Kyrie, you have James Harden and the best player in the league right now, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, You can't go wrong with that. I think, all. yeah, I think they saw what Joe Harris did and I feel like they kind of, you know, in their actions spoke to it by, you know, getting people like Patty Mills and you know what I mean? Like they, they added a shooter to, you know, you know, if Joe Harris isn't playing the way he's supposed to be playing, like Patty Mills is like a, it's a five, it's a matchstick ready to be lit. So yeah, I, yeah. I love the way he shoots. I love the way he plays from a guard standpoint. I think James Harden, he, as pouty as he was leaving Houston and, you know, some of those press conferences we talked about early, early in our podcast, Max, he's, he knows how to play with that team. He wants to be there. I see if Kyrie is there, if he's not, no, he's the guy I think that's going to just put, put everything together as good as Kevin Durant, as good as Kyrie Irving is James Harden knows when to score, knows when to pass. Yep. He's a, hate him hate him like him for you know his attitude but he's just a phenomenal basketball player you can't say anything more well, about it and i we think saw as long too, as they're healthy yeah the limit yeah i agree i we saw too when we we're talking about jt iso and things like that and going to iso you see the top and I, i'm gonna say the top iso player in the league james harden yeah go to a team and establish the perfect balance between iso basketball and team play it's crazy. seriously they're like they're like it is a team game until they're like hey we need a bucket right now go to james yeah and this man will get get, get you a bucket yeah and the ability to switch on and off like he for most of the game he not be, he, he's not doing that like he's he's a pat he's becoming like a pass first player right he, he's not asked upon to score when Kyrie and kd are, are heating up and yep. then like if you talk about it, like there's like a couple games when they're all three of them playing together and Kyrie and KD are going off and then, you know, he's slowly passing the ball. And then the fourth quarter, James Harden goes ballistic. And it's just like the ability to be patient in those situations and not say, Hey, you know, for three quarters, you guys have gotten the ball the whole time. Like, let me go for it. Like he, he knows when to take, when his name needs to be called. And, you know, if KD and Kyrie need a break, 
man, who who better to to step in and had a scoring punch than MVP James MVP caliber James Harden? Like that's just an insane insane thing to think about. And if Kyrie's not there, right? For if for obvious reasons, it's just it's just gonna be more of the same. I think he's gonna figure out when to pass to Durant, when to pass to his shooters. He's, I I know he wants to be there. He's gonna play to win. So yeah. Yeah, no, no more to add than add to no that. No more to add than that. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Thank you, Sam, for joining us today on this magical a, episode. Thanks, Sam. It was Pleasure. Good, good content today, I got to say. Good content. So, yes, I will edit this a lot faster than the last one. Uh, hopefully. It's just so hard, you know? Like, you get back from work and yeah. you're like, I got to do more work. No, take, but, don't, don't stress yourself out. No, no, no. I'm I'm happy to do it because I like doing this podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody who is listening. If you made it this far, of course, you are a certified real one. Sam, thank you again. And Shreyas, of course, of course I will catch you next week. Thank you, man. And everybody else, you've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.